Today on Let the Bible Speak. Some say that if God would actually speak from heaven, they would believe. The question is, would they recognize it when they heard it? Good morning. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. It's wonderful to be with you, and I appreciate you for taking the time to join us to study the Word of God. Speaking of God's Word, He has spoken to us through His Word. But there have been times when God has audibly spoken from heaven, those occasions recorded within the Scriptures. And we have a guest speaker on the program today that I think you're very much going to enjoy. Brother Billy Dickinson joins us. He hails from the Springfield, Missouri area, working with the Janesville Church of Christ just south of Springfield. He's been in our community holding a gospel meeting, and it is our delight to have him here on the program today. He's going to be talking about a text found in the Gospel of John, chapter 12 and verse 28, where Jesus said, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said, an angel spake to him. The lesson today is going to be titled, More Than Thunder. And Brother Billy Dickinson will return with that lesson after a song from the congregation. occasions as recorded in the New Testament where the Father's voice was heard in regard to His Son. The first one was at the baptism of our Savior by John the Baptist, and a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then there was the scene on the Mount of Transfiguration, as we call it, where again a voice said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then the words were added, To hear ye him. 
But there's a third occasion, really, that we want to talk about for a little while today. It's found in the 12th chapter of the book of John. This was an occasion where Jesus was having a conversation with some Greeks who had been brought to him by Philip and Andrew. And Jesus was explaining to them concerning his death, that the hour for his sufferings upon the cross and his eventual glorification was imminently near. And Jesus said, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. He said, But for this cause came I unto this hour. And then finally he said, Father, glorify thy name. And it was at this point that an audible voice could be heard from heaven. John 12 and verse 28 says, Then there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Now the point that I want to emphasize and really build upon in this sermon today is the attitude or the response that the voice of God received by those who heard it. And I believe that this is very interesting to say the least. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. And others said, An angel spake unto him. I really believe today that this is a classic example of people basically hearing what they want to hear. And when you stop to think about it, we humans are good at that, are we not? Sometimes we hear what we want to hear, and we simply disregard what we don't want to listen to. Now I realize that there are some commentators who suggest that on this occasion that God spoke in a way that the people simply could not understand. And I guess basically what they're saying is it was God's fault. One commentator said that God spoke some somewhat indistinct on this occasion. But I want to say really that I reject that explanation. And the reason is because it seems to me that it negates the very purpose for which God spoke. In other words, if God didn't speak in a way for them to understand what He was saying, really if He didn't intend for them to understand what He was saying, why did He cause this event to take place in the first place? And then remember what Jesus said in John 12 and verse 30. He said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. In other words, Jesus said it wasn't for my benefit, but really it was for your sake. It was for your edification that this voice from on high has spoken unto you. And so surely then on that occasion, God spoke in a way that was clear and audible enough for them to understand. So it seems to me really that the problem didn't have to do with whether or not God spoke in a distinct way, but it had to do with the hearts of those who were listening on that occasion. Some of them that heard this voice, they simply disregarded it. They said, oh, it was just simply thunder. In other words, we didn't really hear what we thought we heard, but it was just simply thunder somewhere in the distance. And then there were others who allowed that indeed they had heard a voice, but they said probably it was 
an angel. And again, I say this is a prime example of people hearing what they want to hear. Have you ever been around someone who's supposed to be hard of hearing? And maybe they are hard of hearing to some extent, and you have to tell them something two or three times before they can understand it. But then it could be with this same person, if you're in another room and you're talking about them with someone and you're kind of whispering and you don't want them to hear the conversation, it, it seems like they can hear it every time. Isn't that amazing? But that's the way it is sometimes with us. Sometimes, you see, we have the ability to tune out what we do not want to listen to. And unfortunately, that's the way it is with some people with God's Word. This book that I'm holding right here, the Holy Bible, is God's revelation unto us. And there are many people who are adept at tuning out the voice of God is spoken through His Word. You know what? They can read or they can hear the Word of God. And while they hear the sound of what God is saying, they have the capacity to disregard the meaning. And so that's sad because that means that the Word of God is not able to move and touch them like the Word of God is designed to do. In other words, to them, the Word of God is no more binding or authoritative than mere thunder, or in other words, simply empty noise making. What I want to try to stress today is this, that when God speaks to us through His Word, we need to take that seriously. And we need to understand that we're dealing with more than just thunder. And I want to talk about a couple of things that really falls into this category. The first one that I want to talk about I think is a very important one and certainly essential for us to understand, and that is, listen, the command to repent. When we read in the Scriptures where God commands us to repent of our sins, we need to understand that we're dealing with more than just thunder. When you stop to think about it, God's message to every generation has always been a message of repentance. Indeed, God's spokesman from the Old Testament prophets to John the Baptist down to Jesus Christ Himself and including the apostles and the New Testament evangelists, they have always proclaimed repentance as a central part of their preaching. I remember Jesus warned one time in Luke 13 and verse 3 and even repeated it in verse 5 when He said that except you repent, He said that you are going to perish. Now, you know, that's not much of a choice, is it? Either repent of your sins or Jesus said you will perish in your sins. And then remember the Apostle Paul when he preached to the Athenians on Mars Hill in the city of Athens in Acts 17 and verse 30, he said this. He said, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now he commandeth all men everywhere to repent. I want you to notice here that Paul tells us that repentance is a command of God. And therefore we understand that it is an individual responsibility that we have. In other words, it's up to me. And it's up to you to repent 
and to respond to this divine call of repentance. It is my responsibility to obey this command just like any other command that God has given us in His Word. But when you stop to think about it, in every generation preceding us, it seems like that only a precious few really repented of their sins and changed their ways. And really, it's true today in this society in which we live. I think when you get right down to it, men will do almost anything except repent. And especially when it comes to certain sins or certain sinful lifestyles that they don't want to give up. Instead of repenting, you know what they do? They disregard God's Word and they act as if it is nothing more than thunder. But listen, when the Lord says repent or perish, He wasn't making an idle threat. He wasn't engaging and simply making noise. He was sounding out a warning that all men need to heed. Listen, people of our generation, we personally, in our own individual lives, we need to see the need of repentance. Now let me ask you this. What is repentance? What did Jesus mean when He said, you either repent or you will perish? Well, literally, it means to change one's mind or purpose for the better. In other words, it has to do with a change of heart that leads to a change of conduct. Now you see, before repentance, you say, I will not to God's will. That is your will or what you want to do. But after repentance, you say, I will to God's will. And it is at that point that you begin to allow God's will to have control over you, and it becomes your will. And you know what? It all begins with a change of heart. Well, let me ask you this. How does repentance come about? Well, let me again emphasize that this is an individual responsibility that we all have. Remember on the day of Pentecost there in the second chapter of the book of Acts that Peter stood up and proclaimed the Lordship of Jesus Christ? And Peter told those who were gathered that day, he said that God has made this same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And there were many of them in the audience that day who were pricked in their hearts and their consciences. And they cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? What did Peter tell them? In Acts 2 and verse 38, he said, repent. Notice that. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. I want us to realize the fact that Peter commanded them to repent shows that it was in their power to do so. In other words, they had the ability to repent and they made a conscious decision as to whether or not they would repent. So let me make this observation. Listen, repentance is not something that takes a miraculous act to bring about. In other words, repentance is not a direct work of God that is wrought unconditionally in the heart of the sinner. I think that should be obvious because as we've already said, only a few repent 
But the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons, and He would have all men to come to repentance. We're told in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. Now, you know, it is true that the Bible says that God grants and God gives repentance. There are passages that state that. For example, Acts 11 and verse 18 and 2 Timothy 2, verses 24 and 25. But these passages do not teach that God gives repentance unconditionally. No, He doesn't do it unconditionally. But what God does is... He gives us the motives and the incentives that we need to repent. You know what? Really, that's one of the purposes of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we proclaim the good news of salvation that is found in Jesus Christ, it is revealed unto mankind the grace of God, the goodness of God, as manifested through the sending of God's Son. And what did the Apostle Paul say in Romans 2 and verse 4? He said, it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. That's why we should repent when we come to understand how much God loves us. God wants to have that relationship with us in this life. And He wants that relationship to even continue in eternity in heaven. That's why He sent His Son to come and to die upon the cross and shed His blood. And we, when we think about that grace and that mercy and that kindness in Jesus Christ, what greater incentive do we need to repent? But you know what? There's another incentive. And that is God warns us about the consequences of sin. And I want you to get this connection. In Matthew 3, verses 7 and 8, here was the message of John the Baptist. When he said, O generation of vipers who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come, now listen, bring forth therefore fruits which are meat for repentance. When we realize that there is going to be a judgment day and we're going to give an account one of these days of the way that we have lived, then that should be an incentive for us to repent and to bring our lives in line with God's will for our lives. You know, let's go back to Acts 17 and verse 30, where again Paul said, In the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now He hath commanded all men everywhere to repent. But we might ask ourselves, why should I take that seriously? What, what difference does it make? I'll tell you why it makes a difference. He went on to say, because... In other words, here's why we've been commanded to repent. Here's why we should have a change of heart and want to live for the Lord. He says, because God hath appointed a day in which He is going to judge the world in righteousness by that man whom He hath ordained in that He has given him this assurance in that He has raised him from the dead. Paul would say, we're all going to appear before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. We're going to give an account unto God for the things that we have done while in this body, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Let me ask you the question again. When you consider what the Bible clearly says, that you need to repent, that I need to repent, we need to have a change of heart and decide to live for the Lord. Do we take that seriously? Or do we just simply consider that as thunder, 
as noise making. And you know, we really don't consider the consequences of what we're doing. Let me ask you another question. When the Bible talks about obeying the gospel, is that something that we take seriously? You know, that's an expression that's used in the Bible several times, obeying the gospel. It's interesting to me when I hear denominational preachers, I don't really hear them using that expression much. Have you? I haven't. I don't hear them talking about the idea we need to obey the gospel. You know why? That doesn't exactly fit their concept of how salvation comes about. Many of them, of course, say, you know, it's all by faith alone. But the Bible talks about obeying the gospel. What does that imply? That implies that there are commands. There are certain things that we need to do in order to be saved. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, there the Apostle Paul would write about what's going to happen when Jesus Christ comes again. And he says that he's going to take vengeance on them who know not God and who obey not the gospel. Have you obeyed the gospel? Place your faith in Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins, as we've already given some emphasis to. Confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and then be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. Do we really take seriously what Jesus said in Mark 16, 15 through 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then he said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. It's obvious that Jesus made baptism a command of the gospel unto salvation. Remember Peter said, Repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Let us take seriously all of the commands of God that are found in this book right here. We'll be glad that we did in the day of judgment because Jesus said, it's the word that I have spoken unto you, the same is going to judge you in the last day.
Subscribe to our YouTube channel to see all of our past broadcasts, plus extra videos, including Let the Bible Speak classics all the way back to the 1960s. And get new updates, go to YouTube and search for Let the Bible Speak TV and click on subscribe. Connect with us on social media. Go to Facebook.com and search for Let the Bible Speak TV. You've been listening to Brother Billy Dickinson today from Springfield, Missouri, as he preached to us about more than thunder. If you would like to have a free printed transcript of his sermon, we'll be glad to send it to you. Get in touch with us and ask for the lesson by that title, More Than Thunder, and that free copy will be on its way. We very much appreciate Billy for taking time to be with us today and for his very insightful lesson from the Word of God. Remember, you can find us always online, ltbstv.org, and we're on social media, so be sure to like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and as well, we have a podcast. You can search for Let the Bible Speak TV or search for it by my name, and you can subscribe to that podcast and listen to us on the go. Thanks for joining us today. Make your plans to join me back here next week if God is willing. Until then, have a great week, and God bless you. Let the Bible Speak is brought to you by The Church of Christ. For more information, including our past broadcast and sermon transcripts, visit ltbstv.org. Thanks for being with us today. Join us next time for Let the Bible Speak.